We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm Steve Perrett, joined as always by Dusty Evely and Sarah Kelleher. What is going on, boys and girls? Football, football. It's kind of close to like that that tackle noise that you know you always hear on the radio. Do you have Do you have one of those in, in you, Dusty? Can you do like the tackle noise? I don't know what that is. Oh, come on. sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Not too great start. <laughs> Feels good. So, <laughs> How you doing, Sarah? I'm doing pretty great. What about you? Do you know what the tackle noise is that I'm talking about? No. <laughs> you guys never I, listen to like sports radio. No. Ever? Oh God, no, no. Oh, okay. That's cool that we're doing a sports radio broadcast kind of thing. But this right is now, a, but it's a podcast. It's different. I listen to podcasts. I don't really listen to sports radio. Okay. okay. Sorry. No, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. I mean, how like it's it's not like we should uh hold on, let me just grab my pumpkin beer and uh show this off to you one I more told time. You, okay, you... this is done. We are we are done, you and I. This is it, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. How dare you? Um uh, all right, so let's get jumping into the Packer stuff. We'll uh Dusty and I will know each other a lot <laughs> during this podcast, but um so Biggest thing right now in Packers world, we got some news and notes on Kenny Clark today and his uh, structuring of his contract. It looks very team-friendly to uh, jump off with. 
and uh, the first like what two years I mean it, his number his cap number went down and then it'll be like only one uh, a million the next year and then it takes a big jump in is it 2022 yes I remember that correctly um, I'll actually pull up that info right now but um I mean, it, it's kind of crazy. Like, we saw if you saw one person tweeting about how Aaron Rodgers is going to be off the team because of this deal in 2022, you saw like 100 people tweeting about it. So, uh, <laughs> everybody had their reaction to it. But you guys, like Dusty, just start with you. What did you think when you saw the numbers actually finally come out for this deal? I mean, <laughs> I had no idea what to expect. I think the, the next two years, uh, incredibly low, which is amazing. Um, and, and, and it kind of, it mirrors what we've seen from deals this offseason already, which which is not shocking. That's the kind of banking on, uh, you know, the next couple of years being kind of hard times in terms of uh, the, the cap, either staying the same or going down, and then hoping for a rebound in a couple of years. So having, I, I, I think you said you're, you're pulling up the numbers, Steve. I think it was like $6 million this year, $7 million next year, and then like twenty five or something like that. So it really takes it really takes a jump up. Um, I mean, there's, there's only so much magic you can do to structure a contract that big. Uh so yeah, I mean, I think what this what this did was it was okay. This is good. They are backloading a lot of this, which which we knew we were going to see, and you're hoping that cap takes a hit. But maybe this is able to get like we kind of talked about last week. Maybe like a Aaron Jones extension or something like that. So it's um, I like seeing the numbers. I like seeing the breakdown. That's cool. Um, we kind of knew it was going to be something like this. So it's it's a, a roughly what I expected. Although these next two years are lower than I kind of thought they were going to be for sure. I think just to add to, you have to give credit to the organization and what they were able to negotiate in this deal. Like you said, Dusty, this is a very team friendly deal, at least for the first couple of years. And the way that they were able to kind of divvy out the money over the years was, was really smart and then beneficial to the team's overall cap um, and what's available there. So kudos to them as well. And I think it's a win-win on both sides. They keep a great player. Kenny Clark stays in Green Bay. They have a little extra cap, at least for the next couple of years. I like it. I like all of it. Um, okay, just to add a little bit on to the end of it. So this year, his cap hit is going to be $6.69 million. Uh, next year will be $7.1 million, And that's uh, 2022. We were right. That's when he takes his jump. And that's 20.65, 21.25, and $22 million. Um, if you aren't following Ken English yet, I mean, you should be if you're on Twitter, but uh, the man breaks down the Packers cap like nobody else does. And, I, you know, everybody was up in arms like, oh, it looks like they're moving on from Aaron Rodgers in 2022. And he he made a note about how this was a super team-friendly deal. This will have nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers and that, in fact, they definitely can do a – like they would be able to do a restructure in 2022 to kind of help alleviate some of that pain right away and um so i I get it like you know everybody's wanting to talk about jordan love and being the quarterback of the future and everything like that but i think um for right now it's a super team friendly deal like we've all said it's gonna benefit the packers to have him long term and uh you know russ ball is is the magician that we always knew he was and he proved it once again so uh kudos to the packers uh sarah you have been writing some stuff for Cheesehead about uh, Packer training camp. Why don't you get everybody up to date as to like what's been going on the last couple of days? Yeah. So just looking at, let's see, we'll start with Monday uh, just so we have the week at a glance here, but 
basically Monday was no pads, 11 on 11, very slow jog pace is what all everyone that was in attendance at practice was sharing. Um, so there was really not a lot of information that came out from Monday's practice. The day before on Sunday was the longest practice that the team had had yet. So I saw like multiple people match timing from the athletic was Wes Hodgewitz, that's Packers writer. They were tweeting that this really wasn't unexpected because since they had such a tough and long practice the day before, they kind of expected a shorter one on Monday. But uh, yesterday on Tuesday, there was a couple things to note just that happened um, at um, the practice and then logistics wise. So starting with the fact that the Vikings announced that the season opener would have no fans. So not really a huge surprise, but they finally confirmed it, which I think I'm curious actually before I move on to the next points to hear your guys' opinion about this, because I think that is like a huge advantage for the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, it's, it's just so weird, man. Like the, the whole thing is so weird. And also, I mean, I think was it week 17, week 16 last year when they went into Minnesota, Minnesota and just housed them with the full crowd. So I'm confident. I don't think it matters one way or another, but I mean, yeah. if you're talking about a, a dome team, that is not only a dome team, but division rival, uh, it, I would say, yeah, it would certainly help to not have, not have crowd noise in there above having crowd noise. But I think the Packers are winning regardless because I feel good about them. Yeah, I mean, I would say you kind of look at like the NBA bubble. Like it, it have not having fans really can take away that home field advantage and the things that you want. Like you, you know, your your crowd going crazy and everything like that. And you know, everybody will make the jokes about the Vikings pumping in crowd noise for what Dusty like twenty five years now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, but. I, I mean, I think the only distraction will be it'll be a completely silent building, and then you'll hear all the birds hitting the windows at U.S. Bank Stadium. <laughs> so, I mean, also, like, you know, Rodgers chucking a ball up in the air, and, like, Devontae's right by him, and all of a sudden you hear this loud thunk of a bird flying into the window. Like, that could be a little bit uh, distracting. But, no, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think it's beneficial. I know they handled it well last season when they were on the road, but it's a tough place to play in general, I think. So just taking out the noise factor, I know there'll be artificial noise, but it's not nearly the same. Um, Moving on to some other notes from camp yesterday, uh, Kamal Martin, our rookie, one of our rookies, is just going off apparently. Everyone that is, um, all the media that's at camp is just absolutely raving about him and sharing that he's really, really shined. Um, Everyone said his draft stock is just shooting up at this point, which, Steve, I'm sure you're happy about that. There, there's hope that lasts for you. Um, but yeah, that's really exciting to me. And then some, just some other highlights was that Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard apparently look in season form when it comes to connecting with Aaron Rodgers. So that's absolutely amazing. I want more of that. And then Rashawn Gary has apparently put on some really good muscle in the offseason. And he... Um, would have had three sacks in practice yesterday if tackling was allowed. Um, but obviously, they're not. He's not going to tackle Aaron Rodgers. We don't really want that to happen right <laughs> now. Um, so that's been something interesting to note too. And then, most importantly, apparently Aaron Rodgers is just looking absolutely elite and just popping off every single day at practice and looking great. I know uh, Matt Lafleur after practice yesterday said. I like how he's playing right now. He's very decisive. He's letting it rip, and he's extremely accurate. So 
those are all things that you want to hear right now, um, especially with no preseason. You want Rodgers to be as sharp as he can possibly be going into week one in Minnesota. So that's kind of just the last couple of days in a nutshell. Uh, one thing you are hearing is a frog in the background <laughs> in Sarah's uh, apartment, new apartment and everything. So we apologize. When I'm not talking, sorry. Oh, no, no. It, you can't help nature. Like the frog wants to be part of the, like he understands that it, the Packers podcast is a, a huge thing and he wants to be part of it. So you can't blame him. But I uh, just want to make sure everybody understood what was happening. Sarah doesn't have some weird thing happening in the background. It's just a frog that wants to be a part of the conversation. So. Um, all right, let's get uh, let's get to it. We went out and did a Packers mailbag, and you guys obviously on Twitter delivered for us again. So let's get it going because we got a lot of questions. First one is going to be from Aussie Packers fan, and uh, touches exactly on what Sarah started talking about. Kamal Martin is creating a lot of buzz in camp. Do we think he'll be able to pass Burks? Um, to line up besides besides Kirksey. So, I mean, I'm going to start ringing a bell for that I'm the smartest man in the world and talked about how talked about this what last, like the last two weeks about how Kamal Martin would be the one that would step remember. up but do not you know, I'm, Okay. I mean, that sounds exactly right for you, but uh <laughs> No, go I mean, go ahead Dusty, talk a little bit about it, like the things you've been reading about him and what what your thoughts are. No, I mean, uh, you know, Sarah touched on it already a, a little bit. I mean, I mean all the reports if I if I had to pick Two guys out. I feel like I, I talked about this. I don't know if it was about Martin last week or not, but if I had to pick two guys out this year from camp, there's always guys from camp. There's always guys from practice that are like this guy's doing these things. This guy's doing these things, and sometimes they shake and sometimes they don't. And the pat, you know, I think of uh, you know Trevor Davis. I think of uh, Josh Jones. Um, there's there's a handful of names. I mean, you can just you can kind of pick out and say, okay, these are these were names of guys who are doing stuff in practice. And so this year, those guys. There's two of them this year. We've got um, we've got Kamal Martin, and we also have uh, Reggie. Begleton. And so some of that, like, just I, to clarify, I, just to clarify, you were picking Oren Burks. Yeah, correct. I was picking Kamal. Correct. Correct. So what I'm saying is like, you always got those guys that make names. Uh, sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't, but just because you're hearing a lot of buzz doesn't mean that's going to translate. They're going to get starting jobs. I think personally, I, you know, I talked about this last week. I really like Burks. Um, I think I, he is still my pick. I think if nothing else, and that's and that's if he's 100%, uh, because he had been, you know, we talked about this last week, he had been injured. Uh, he, had, he had torn that pack and was not 100% last year. So this is, uh, what, his third year, going into his third year, I think he'll know stuff a little better. I think as far as, like, scheme-wise, assignment-wise, um, you know, Martin may be showing out in camp. That's great, but I think Burks has a leg up there just, just because he's been around in the league and in the system a little longer. Um, so I think if, if Burks stays healthy... He's the guy. Now, what I will say, I think is exciting about this regime as opposed to the Thompson-McCarthy one. I'm not going to bag on Thompson and McCarthy, but it seemed like when it was Thompson-McCarthy, especially the later years, it was definitely more of the um, kind of prizing loyalty above all else. Uh, you, may, you may get a guy that was maybe not great or kind of like heading down, you know, riding off into the sunset of his career. That's getting a start and getting playing time over a younger guy that had showed more promise that, that maybe flashed a little more. Uh, th- I, with this regime, I really feel like if, if a guy looks better, 
he's going to get the nod. It does not matter how long he's been there. It doesn't matter about any of that. If a guy is better, he's getting the job. So I feel good about that. I'm, I still am going with Burks, but I think, I mean, I think if this was three years ago or two years ago even, uh, I think we're like, oh yeah, Martin, Martin's got this job. Uh, or not Martin, I'm sorry, Burks has this job just because Burks has been there. Um, I think Martin has a shot if he keeps showing out. I'm just, I'm not completely bought in yet, but I don't, it's not outside their own possibility. I think it's kind of fun that we're talking about a couple guys that are vying for that spot. Um, they could bust. They could both bust. I don't know. But to have talent to that position is fun. I'm I'm starting to get really hyped about Martin. I, if you would have asked me a week ago, I think I would have absolutely said Oren Burks is the guy. But now, hearing all of this stuff, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. But I'm like, this, this could be it. This could be something really special. So like you said, Dusty, I think whoever's the best guy that week is going to get the nod. But I think it's great that there's options. That's something that's new. We haven't had that before. So, woof, thank God for options. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as much as I love the fact that there's inside linebackers that are getting buzz and, like, getting, you know, like, constantly being talked about, I'm still I'm still weary of it being training camp and everybody saying that football is back. And, I mean, like you said, Josh Jones was talked about in training camp for like two years about how he was he was doing things. He's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And he never did a damn thing in the regular season. So, I again, like, I guess I'm just I, I'm waiting to see to make sure that these uh, these type of things are actually things that will be happening and can be done on Sundays. Like I know Andy's been at practice and he's been tweeting a bunch and he's even said like. Kamal Martin looks the part. He looks the part of the inside linebacker they want. He has to prove it on Sundays. Like, that was the tweet from him, and I, that's pretty much exactly how I feel. Like, it, it's awesome that he's making plays in practice. It's got to be done on Sundays in order for it to have any type of uh, influence for the Packers. So, next up, we have TJ, TJ Lochte uh, wants to know, do you think Rodgers will be on the team in two years? Uh, Sarah, let's start with you. Okay, first shout out to TJ. We were interns together at the Florida Collegiate <laughs> Summer League Baseball League. So thanks, TJ, for sending in a question. Is he related to Ryan? No. Ah, uh, that would have been way cooler. But he's a great guy. So miss hanging out with him. Um, anyways, thanks for the question, TJ. So I think Aaron Rodgers will still be on the team in two years. Yes, I do. I know this was a topic that was all over Twitter today with the salary cap and everything that happens there and um, with Kenny Clark's details coming out. And so in 2022, I know Kenny Clark's getting a, a bump in his contract. So are the Smith brothers. So that's just something to consider. Um, but I don't think it's something we need to worry about. They obviously extended Rogers for a period of time. They know that that's when they know that when they're extending these other contracts and offering these guys new contracts and re-signing and extending them as well. So I think Rodgers will be on the team for in the next two years. Yes, I do. And I think he'll be on the team, I don't know how much longer than that, but definitely at least a couple more years after that. Yeah, and I don't think he will be just because of the Kenny Clark deal. Um, <laughs> that one's for Steve. Um, yeah, I mean, I just waited for like the, the reaction. But um, yeah, but, um, no. No, I yeah, I I'm I'm with Sarah. I I don't know why. I just I have a feeling you will. I think and part of that. Listen, man, Camp Buzz is real. Uh, Camp Buzz is real with the young guys. Camp Buzz is also real, apparently, with thirty uh, six year old quarterbacks. Because uh, if he's kind of if he's playing like it sounds like he's been playing, 
and if he's fully bought in. And we've, we've talked about that before, and especially with, you know, seeing what Jordan Love has been so far. I know some of the footwork drills, some of that stuff. Um, we, we always knew he's a developmental guy. But if in, you know, a year or two, if Love maybe hasn't taken that jump, or even if he has, and Rodgers is still playing at a high level. And, Steve, that's something I think you've, you've said a lot, and I've seen other places as well, that, like, <laughs> if Rodgers keeps playing like Rodgers, it doesn't really matter what Love does too much. Like, he has to be better than Rodgers, and if Rodgers keeps playing well, it ain't going to happen. And so I, I, I just have a, I have a good feeling about Rodgers. I think Rodgers would either... Rodgers would have to tank or the team around him would have to would have to kind of fall apart to where they would think, okay, what can we get for Rodgers uh, to kind of rebuild this team around love? Like you're taking that hit there um, in two years, I think. So I think I think Rodgers will be. I just I've, I've got a feeling he will be. Maybe that's maybe that's just hope. Maybe that's hope on my part, but I think he will be. Yeah, I don't I mean, I don't think that's hope. I think that's a realistic thing to do. Like I like I've said many times and people on Twitter have been saying it, too. Like, Jordan Love has to be amazing for the Packers in two years to say, oh, yeah, by the way, Aaron Rodgers, we're done with you because this kid is so good. That's what they had to do with Brett Favre. You look at it in the exact same situation. They say, look, we've seen it in practice. We know this kid is going to be good. Then they gave him the extension. They got rid of Roger, or they got rid of Favre. Like that has to happen again, and we don't know right now. Like you get little, just little tidbits from Jordan Love, and everybody knew he was going to be a project. So you're telling me he's going to be ready to go in two years? I find it hard to believe. I think the more likely scenario is that Rodgers continues to play at a very like high, maybe not the highest level in the world, but a well above average and that Jordan love kind of turns into a, like a Jimmy Garoppolo and gets traded um, for a second, second round draft pick or a third round draft pick. If, if he shows out a little bit in preseason, if we ever have a preseason again, I don't know, but honestly, I do believe that Aaron Rodgers will be on this team for several years past that, not trying to knock Jordan love, but I think that, I think that he's going to be the guy into his 40s. Like, I think he's going to be the the one that leads the Packers continually. And it, it would be amazing if Jordan Loves turns into, like, this amazing quarterback that we can, can – tran- the Packers can transition into a third Hall of Fame quarterback. That would be awesome. <laughs> the odds are that that's not the case. So I'm going to go with the odds on that one and just say I don't think that's what's going to happen. And I think Aaron Rodgers will continue to play for the Packers. So – We'll go over there. Next one up, we have um, Drew Longmire, who wants to know, you have to choose one from each of the following pairing. Who do you choose? We have Stanford Samuels or Vernon Scott. So what we're going to do here, we'll uh, do a little back and forth. Dusty, we'll start with you. Looking at some uh, DBs, do you have a preference on the two? I kind of like what I've seen out of Vernon, what I've heard out of Vernon Scott so far. So I know I think Samuels is getting some fairly recent buzz, but um, uh, that group I'm taking Scott. Okay, and again, this is very tough for us because all we are doing, all three of us, all we're doing, none of us are in Green Bay. We're following tweets. That's exactly what we're doing. So we're getting opinions from everybody else. Um, Sarah, what would you prefer? Would you prefer Reggie Begelton or John Lovett to make the final fifty-three man roster? 
So I've seen and heard a lot of uh, great things about Begleton um, at camp over, or at camp over the last uh, week or so. So I'm going to go with him. I just people have said he's had great hands. He's really been able to kind of stand out. He's connected um, on a couple deep gains so far. So I'm going to go ahead and say him for now. Very cool. I actually I going to try to pull up the tweet. Yeah, it was Marcus Eversall that said. Reggie Begleton just looks like he belongs. And like all of a sudden you see one of those tweets and you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> I can get on board with that. Um, and then, Dusty, we'll finish with you. We've got Trayvon Hester or Jonathan Garvin. I'm taking Hester. I know, uh, you know, Garvin is kind of the what are you, seventh round pick, I think. Yep. And yep. he's kind of like a kind of an edge guy. I think Hester, what, and that it's more kind of for need than anything. I think what Hester kind of can bring inside, specifically to the run game, uh, I kind of, I like that. Um, I, I am intrigued by by Garvin, but I think Hester is kind of the easy choice there for me. I know. I think like what the defensive line coach even mentioned Garvin, saying that there was going to be like a little bit of a game plan for him. Like they wanted to make sure he was getting there and. That's that's impressive for a seventh round draft pick to be mentioned about that about how they want to make mm-hmm. sure they get him into the game plan. So that one was pretty cool. Um, all right, next up we've got um, oh my god, this surgery cannot happen fast enough for the to get my eyes fixed because I'm just like <laughs> like pulling back on my phone and like oh man. Um, We've got uh, Ben who wants to know, could Reggie Begleton be the Taylor Gabriel? We want it all along. I hope so. God, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, you know what they say, Steve, is the real Taylor Gabriel is the friends we made along the way. Um, I th- <laughs> get a laugh. I get what? a laugh. Uh, I mean, listen. Based so on that, that one, that, you might have to explain no? that one to me. No? That one flew over my head. No, okay. Um, based on skill set, uh, absolutely not. Like, based like these guys are very, very different. They uh, are not the same person. He could be useful though. Like that's the thing. Begleton, what he's been showing, not just on it sounds like some of the deeper stuff, but also I know there's been quite a few throws I've seen that have been really nice anticipation throws where you know Rogers throwing the ball before before he's even out of the cut. And then he turns around the balls right there and he makes the catch. Like that's, that's a nice connection. So you're seeing that kind of stuff. Um, that's the thing. I, I kept harping on Taylor Gabriel because that's that element of speed that I, that I think the Packers needed. But if with MVS EQ with Irvin on board, if Begleton turns out to be like a decent wide receiver four, wide receiver five, he's not going to be Taylor Gabriel. Cause he's just not, but I'll take it. Absolutely. If, take it. If he's in uh, an upgraded, Geronimo Allison, who can catch the ball. Yeah, it's a, it's a fairly low bar. <laughs> yeah, like, amazing. I don't think he needs to exactly be Gabriel, but I'm like, mm. if he's good and he's productive and he's bringing something to the table, that's all I can ask for, and that's all I hope for. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, the Packers saw something in him. They, they signed him to a multiple-year contract, so they, they legitimately believe he's part of the future, which I like. And if he can be that kind of like possession guy and do some do some stuff like that, I mean that's a that's a really solid signing for them at, at a low level. So definitely not the burner that Taylor Gabriel is, but uh, you know every, you you do need some possession receivers every once in a while. So next up we have Brett Seeley who wants to know what kind of impact, if any will the lack of fans have on the Packers at Lambeau? 
So Sarah, what do you think? What what's going to happen at the when there's no fans at the at the games? Yeah, before I go, shout out to Brett again, another Florida League in fellow intern. That's crazy. Everyone's just asking questions from Florida League today. Anyways, <laughs> is was the frog an intern? Like, is that why he's <laughs> chiming in too? Really what good the question. Yeah, sure, he's an honorary <laughs> intern. Um, anyways, no fans at Lambo. I mean, I think first and foremost, like that just sucks not having the home field advantage you want that i mean we've all been to a game there just being there and hearing how loud it is especially when the other teams on the field is is such a factor and i definitely think it'll be weird i think it takes away like the home the entire home field advantage thing sure the other team has to travel and they have to come and you know they're not at their facility but not having any fans there takes away from the booing and just the really loud yelling on third down and things like that, that can be distracting and, you know, can cause false starts. And I know there's going to be artificial noise, but it's just nowhere even close to what fans are able to do. So I think it'll be a little strange. It, it's not the greatest thing, but I don't think it's going to be something that like runs the Packers into the ground. Like it's not going to be something that ruins their season and they won't be the only ones that are dealing with it either. Every single team is pretty much going to have to deal with this in some way, shape, or form. And I think they'll adjust, and it'll be just fine. But it will kind of stink just not to have it as an extra factor that could help them out. Yeah, I pretty much echo Sarah on that. Like, it's, it, it's so much is weird, man. So much is unknown. I mean, you you referenced the bubble, uh, the NBA bubble already. It's, it, it is strange. I'm sure there will be some impact, but I... I don't think it's going to have a major impact on on the the Packers as a team on the field. Yeah, I honestly don't I don't have much too much else to uh, add to that. I mean, it's going to be I think one of the things we'll talk about a little bit later with one of the other questions is like cadence and that kind of stuff and like trying to get people to jump. So, we'll jump into that a little bit later, but overall it's uh it's just it's going to be different. That's all that's all you can say. It's going to be different this year like it is with the NHL, like it is with the NF, like with NBA, with with nobody in the stands, like it's gonna be different, and we need to be ready for that. So, um, honestly, it's kind of one of those things. Like it's just, yeah, I I really hate the term the new normal, but I mean that's what it's gonna be for the 2020 season. Is you're not gonna see fans in the stands, you're not gonna have uh, all that kind of crazy stuff going on. So it's just something you just. We need to prepare for as fans, but honestly, I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference to the to the players overall. So, okay, let's go. Next up, we have Mitch. Who, Mitch? We love you. You asked us about seven million questions. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't answer all of them, so we decided to take the one that Dusty uh, would be the most comfortable with and could go deep <laughs> deep dive for you, Mitch. So. He wants to know, will the tempo game for this team work better with three wide receivers or with two running backs and two tight ends? You know, what's kind of fun about it is that you can make a case for either. I mean, I think I know typically when I think of uh, up-tempo, I think when a lot of people think of up-tempo, you think of, uh, of kind of a, a spread offense that would favor kind of the three wide receivers. And you've got, you know, you get some of that with some short passing game and you get up, but you also have a little more, it's, you know, it's, it's just it's on the margins, but just the speed at those positions. So even if you do take a deep shot, again they get back a little quicker as well, or they have the potential to get back a little quicker. Um, but when you, when I think of the, typically when I think of going up tempo, I do think of that spread amount. Now, 
with the other one as well, you can also think of with the two tight ends, two running backs, one wide receiver. You could look at um, okay, they're probably going to be they're probably going to be going a little shorter, uh, just generally speaking, just due to that position. I mean, you can, uh, but it also depends on who's out there. I mean, you can go. I just said spread with three wide receivers. Well, with two running backs, you could throw out a package that has. Aaron Jones that can spread out as a wide receiver and uh, and AJ Dillon who's likely your backfield guy and then you could also go say Tanyan Sternberger at tight end and Devontae Adams at wide receiver and you can also go spread there as well so I think and I've, I've talked about this a lot but I mean I think just the guys that they have I, I know one of the um, one of the questions we got that we're not gonna be able to get to is kind of like the wide receiver position in relation to the draft and I think what the Packers did in the draft, and, and I think we're, we're all pretty much on board with the. Uh, I don't necessarily love where they were taken, but I love the players. But the, they have the guys enabled to to be able to run the floor's offense the way that that needs to be run. And so you do have two running backs, two tight ends. You could go spread, or you could go a little heavier. And if you go heavier, you can still like you're looking at maybe you know Mercedes Lewis is not running a 30 yard go but he's going to run a three yard out. And if you run those kind of closer to the line, you can go a little more up tempo. So, I mean, I think just, just based on watching, uh, I think three, three wide receivers sounds about right. But I honestly, I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference. I think you can, I think this team is built that you can roll out a package of three wide receivers or 22 with, uh, with two running backs and two tight ends and, and go up tempo and just be, and be just as effective. Um, so I think, I think we're going to see, I'm hoping, I know one of your other questions, Mitch was if we're expect to see more tempo, we've talked about it here before. I think we all expect them to see more tempo on the floor has even kind of talked about that to some extent with comfort, the second year in the system, and some of the play calls are long. And so kind of getting used to that. And Rogers has talked about that a bunch as well. So I think we're going to see more tempo and honest, honest to God, man, this is kind of a cop out answer. We're going to see more tempo they can do whatever they want with whatever personnel grouping on the, on the field. So they're going to go up tempo and it doesn't matter who they've got. And that's, that's really what makes this offense uh, dangerous provided everything kind of clicks. Yeah. I'm kind of digging the fact that they can throw Aaron Jones and Irvin like yeah. on both sides of, of Rogers. Yeah. And then all of a sudden be like, Oh no, we're going to split both of them out. And then you all of a sudden have a linebacker on one of the two of those guys, if not both. And then you're just like, Oh, this is going to be awesome. This yeah. is going to be great. So I mean, same thing, Stern, Sternberger or Tanya. Like, yeah. those, those guys, you get a linebacker on one of those guys, that's a mismatch as well. You can get mismatches up and down, up and down those those personnel groupings, which is really exciting. No, I mean, I think that's, like you said, this is, they don't have the, like, top-tier guys. Like, they don't have, like, the Dallas wide receivers of Gallup and Cooper and uh, CeeDee Lamb, like, now. But what they have is the ability to go – with so many different packages that have impact on so many different levels that it's just going to be effective no matter who's on the field, which is really exciting. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of one of the things I liked. All right, next up we've got uh, a good one from Elijah Robb who wants to know uh, what's better, Aaron Rodgers stepping into his throws or Aaron Rodgers throwing in rhythm? So, Sarah, we'll start with you. We'll see what the uh, frogs have to say. This is a good question. (laughs) (laughs) I was, like, hoping they would stop. I'm so sorry. Um, Anyways, I think, I mean, both are great. Can't lose. Um, But my personal opinion would be him in rhythm, just because when he gets going, it's a beautiful thing to watch. And I think it helps the offense flow generally 
a lot better. Obviously, it's great when he can when he steps into the throw, but if he's just you know on his money in every single play, he's in rhythm and ready to go. I think it just takes the offense to another level. It allows him to run the ball better. It, when he's in control and he's in the driver's seat and all cylinders are firing, that's my favorite Aaron Rodgers, and I love to see it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm also going within rhythm for all of the exact reasons Sarah said, and also um, just allow me a short little rant. Not at Elijah um, at, at all, but just the whole. Um, I think there's been a whole lot of a whole lot of people talking about Rogers stepping into his throws. He needs to step into his throws. He needs to step into his throws. Rogers always been like. It, there's times throughout his career where he has stepped into his throws more. But he's, I mean, one of his biggest things, that's arm talent and the ability to throw off platform. And he is able to, I think, I think there's, there's a perception that in order to be accurate or in order to generate a power downfield or whatever, that you have to step into your throws because traditionally that's, that's how, how people think of it. But that's not how that works for every single quarterback. If you just watch him just mechanics, there's a coach I follow on Twitter, I'm blanking on what his name is, that has broken some of this down before. Um, Rodgers just gener- is able to generate so much torque with his hips that the stepping into the throw is like, that's, it's it's a nice to-have, but it's not necessary. So, And, and some of the, like even, um, you know, I just looked at a bunch of transition go stuff of his. Uh, the way he's able to get like a little bit of loft on that transition go is by stepping back is by sitting back and kind of chucking that. Cause you're able to get that where he's kind of got his arm lowered and he throws kind of up and over as opposed to stepping into it, uh, that, that throw becomes a little harder. So uh, I think the, uh, just personally, I think the stepping into the throw is, is a narrative that has kind of gotten a little out of control just because I don't know, you see quarterbacks step into throws and you see Aaron Rodgers not, and you assume it's a bad thing, but I don't, I don't necessarily believe that is the case. Um, I think he could afford to do it a little more, but I, I don't think that Rogers stepping into his throws is like, well, that's, that's, that's a problem because it's not, it's not really a problem. So um, short answer, um, throw in rhythm. Sure. Short answer. We'll go with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next. <laughs> I have those sometimes too. <laughs> Next up, we've got William Ledford who has several questions for us, but uh, we're going to do a little rapid fire. Wants to know who will have more touchdowns this year. So each of us will get one of them. So, Sarah, we'll start with you. Jamal Williams or A.J. Dillon, who will have more touchdowns? I think A.J. Dillon, I'm going to have a hot take here, just because he'll be the guy that when they're a few yards out, he's going to be able to just punch it in because he's so big and strong. All right. I like it. Uh, I'm going to skip one just because I need to, I need to know what Dusty feels on this one. DeGuara or Sternberger? Sternberger. I think... Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I still think, and I've said this, I've said this before, I mean, we've talked about this, I think every time he comes up, tight end is one of the hardest offensive positions to step in from college and play, and that's in a regular offseason. I, uh, I think Sternberger, I think it's really more of just, I think Sternberger is going to be on the field more and will have more opportunities. I think DeGuara is going to be worked in, and by the end of the season, we'll see him a little more, but I think Sternberger is going to get more snaps. I feel the same way about AJ Dillon, like in Jamal Williams. Like if, as long as both of those two are on the same, are are both on the fifty-three man roster, like I feel like Williams will start the season as like you know the number two, and then they'll work AJ Dillon into the number two role. So, uh, and then his final one is for me is MVS or EQ, and I think I'm gonna go uh, a little bit of hot take as well as Sarah, and I'm gonna take EQ. I think they'll put him in the slot if that's going to be his role. And uh, I think 
I, I think it'll be close. I think you might be looking at like an eight to six kind of uh, type of thing, but I think EQ is going to come out a little bit more than uh, MVS this year. So next up, he wants to know, uh, <laughs> I'm laughing at this because I was the winner from last year, but are we bringing back the guessing the record uh, in scores or, and eating Oreos? So, Dusty, you you are vehemently against doing this again for the next again. year. So, what do you think, buddy? What are we doing? I do I do not want to do this again. I do not <laughs> want to do this again. Why? Because you had to eat most well, of Oreos listen, and make a video about it? All it was, that was honestly the best part of it. All it was every single week was, like, all of us picking the Packers. And, like, the couple weeks one of us went against, like, that's that that person just just ended up losing so like it's just i don't know it, it was less like i first of all i Dude, don't like the packers went 13 no 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 three. listen like, that's that's not my issue my issue is like when you're looking to do something and you want to like have like a decent conversation about it if every week they're like packers packers that's not that's not interesting to me that's not okay. interesting and i i just i do not like picking games so i'm no i'm listen I think a bet at some point I'm not against. I am very much against. I do not want to do this again. The better question is, Steve, if yes. you, will you be telling us that you love us again if it means the Packers That's a good question. Ooh. Well. Because that was fun. That was that was pretty awkward for me. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, you guys saw I couldn't even look you in the eyes. It was just awkward. That was good. Um. No, I mean I'm not going to get to that point. Like I don't need to bring that back. We'll f- we'll figure out something else. But uh, no, I did like Dusty. You said that you wanted to do like some prop bets. Like oh, I think yeah, I think I think yeah. that's that's a much more reasonable thing. Like we can kind of come up with a prop bet per game and uh, go with that. Like I think that's a little bit more that seems, fun. See, that, that seems it's fun. more that that's seems more fun, interesting. Yeah. Than mm-hmm. just picking like we can also pick a Packers score that it won't be the record like we won't keep track of all of it but uh, <laughs> come on I, nah, nah, okay nah. um that sounds all right for you uh his next question was a free agent we would most like to sign right now I mean I think you and I Dusty were both on board I don't know Sarah if you have anybody we're we're both on board for Darren Lee so yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really have any feelings about this. I, uh, I don't think they're going to go after anyone else. So I'm still on the Taylor Gabriel train a little bit as well, but I think if given the choice between the two, yeah, Darren Lee. I, I'd be fine with both of them. That's fine. Let's just do that. Um, and then, Dusty, we'll end this one with you. Who do you think sees the most time in the slot this year? The slot is, is kind of a obsolete vernacular. <laughs> it... Uh, why don't, just, why don't you just answer the question, dude? <laughs> Talked about this a little last week. Um, slot, I don't know. I don't I, it, like particularly in this offense with with the the kind of condensed looks they give. Slot, I don't know, means a whole lot to me personally. I think if you're looking at like because you could technically have someone in the slot that is like the widest receiver on that on that side. Um, I mean, I think just based on you know if he if they stay healthy, I think the two I would say if they stay healthy and it's kind of more you're looking traditional slot. Uh, I think EQ makes a whole lot of sense, and I think Irvin makes a whole lot of sense. Um, so I think those two guys. I, I love Devontae in the slot is just an absolute monster. He can just do anything he wants. And I think last year was his highest. I think he was there like 17 20%, which seems about right. So I think EQ or Irvin uh, seems about right to me. Very cool. I mean, Sarah, I do, to me, I don't have anything else to add to that. I feel like Dusty is the Dusty will be the one that can – 
provide the most information on that level. Yep, I don't have anything to add. All right, cool. Uh, last question that we have is from... Uh, oh, jeez. Can't even pronounce his last name. Guy, Guy Gradznacki and just says, you guys rock. So, I mm. mean, not a question, but we really appreciate it, Guy. Um, that is definitely a a very true statement. Yeah, we all agree, I think. Exactly. I mean, you can't really, like... He he knows he knows what's up with the Pack a Day podcast. Mm-hmm. He knows what uh, what team brings the best uh, the best content every week. But that uh, that wraps it up for the question portion. So, Dusty, uh, why don't you tell us what you got going on this week for your closing yeah. thoughts? Writing again, man. It's it's really exciting. It's so weird without a preseason because I usually use that as like that's that's the countdown. It's weird not having it. Um, but I, I have started writing now weekly, my old slot again over at Cheesehead, uh, for four o'clock on Wednesdays. Uh, so actually the next three weeks, three weeks, I've only got three articles. And then my fourth article will be about the game we had just watched, which is just remarkably exciting. But for the next three weeks, uh, four o'clock over at Cheesehead, you will read uh, breakdowns on EQ's 2018. So I've broken them up into sections. I made, uh, I think, 39 videos or something. So I'm breaking them up into different sections that kind of highlight some of the stuff he did and then you know some stuff that maybe he didn't do overly well but uh this week so today when you listen to this this afternoon you'll be able to read the piece that's on uh eq's route running which i think will be the longest one that i write uh but just kind of shows i think shows kind of what he did at the start of the season versus end of the season and kind of what what he did well kind of and kind of projecting that onto how the packers could use him so uh that's it's something really exciting i mean just we've talked about eq a lot and kind of dreaming on if he's healthy, you know, what could he be for this offense this year? And going back that 2018, he put a lot of good stuff out. So um, so if you want to kind of go through that, again, Cheesehead TV uh, this afternoon, um, that was a lot of fun to write. And the next two weeks I'll be writing about kind of some speed, uh, run blocking stuff, and uh, and, and kind of uh, coverage recognition and kind of how he improved in that throughout the year. So it's going to be a really fun series. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Very cool. Sarah, what you got for us? Yeah, so I have a couple closing thoughts. My first – what the hell is Jimmy Graham saying? That, that, <laughs> <laughs> I just, what is going on with that? That is absolutely mind blowing. Oh, come on. Did, did you not see the thing where, like, somebody who, who was uh, talking, like, he, apparently he's the best player in Bears camp. Like, right by now. far, apparently. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what is going on, but I just, I had to get that off my chest. That was <laughs> so But, anyways, on. Uh, Completely different note. I'm no, not- they're they're trying to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Packers going to the NFC Championship game. They were not trying Packers to win the just, Super Packers Bowl. Packers just have never been about that. They've never been about winning championships. Ah, Everyone no. knows that. Not a big deal. Not a big no, deal. Not at all. Yeah. Anyways, um, on a completely different note, I'm back and writing for Cheesehead TV. Uh, so that is super fun. So on Sunday, I had a piece come out later in the afternoon that basically recaps everything that happened at every practice the week before in pretty thorough detail so and it's all in one place so if you missed any of the action definitely go check it out because it recaps every day and what happened there um and i'll have another one coming out this sunday that recaps this week and what happened um and then on top of that i was a guest on aaron nagler's podcast nagler's never write yesterday so uh if you are a subscribing member you can go ahead and check that one out and yeah, it's been really fun to just get back into the groove with writing. And now I feel like I really just am ready. I, this happens to me every year. I'm like, okay, it's nice to have a break in the off season and just kind of relax and 
you know, talk Packers with you guys. And then when I start writing right around when camp starts, I'm like, wow, I'm really excited for the season. I need to start right now. So (laughs) I'm just really excited about that and definitely be on the lookout uh, every Sunday until the season starts. And then once the season starts, I'll be recapping all of the games. Very cool. Um, I don't have a lot going on. I just, you know, being the one person that lives in Wisconsin right now, out of the three of us, I, you know, everything going on in Kenosha is, is pretty crazy. It's insane that that's still going on. So, you know, we've always talked about if you there's things you want to talk about, feel free to send us a message on Twitter or whatever it is. It's at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Keller 4, at C. Peratual. More than more than gladly talk talk about anything, talk about football, talk about life, whatever we can do. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, it's kind of a crazy time to be in Wisconsin. Like we've got fun stuff going on with sports again, but we've got other things going on that we need to think about as well. So it's a very crazy time to be here. So overall, I just again we'll echo the the thoughts of wanting to reach out to anybody that you can. That if there's something going on with somebody, just just reach out, talk to them, talk to us, do whatever you can in order to to help yourself. Like, it, we got a lot going on. So football is a great, great outlet for all of us right now, and I'm happy that the Packers are playing and getting ready for the season. So if you have any questions, if you have anything you want to talk about, again, reach out. That's the one thing that we can, uh, we've always said and we always want to continue to say. So we will be back next week. Uh, we've got a couple things in the works. Hopefully we'll uh, pan out with some crossovers with other podcasts and things like that. So should be a good time if we can get them solved before the, uh, before the season starts, but uh, we'll be back talking Packers next week for the pack a day podcast. So uh, as always, uh, we love you guys and uh, thanks for listening. And go pack, go. class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness deep relaxation purification and rejuvenation at hundreds of locations across the globe Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.